We all know how popular true crime is, but is true crime actually bad for you? We discuss this and more on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, a home for people like us who love to have fun thinking deeply. I am your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, professional amateur, and with me as always is my sensibly suspicious co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and um, specifically actor in many a true crime series. If you turn on the ID channel right now, there's like a one... Well, knowing how many shows and episodes they have, there's like a one in three billion chance. No, I'm sorry, like a 10 in three billion chance that you'll see me on something. But I've been on a lot of true crime shows, which will be relevant when you hear the the today's. Oh, I, maybe you already heard it when you heard. Oh, it, you man. The, yes. In the cold open. Yes. We talked about they already know. But yes, yes. This is you're just you, this is you're the king of segues, Nathan. That's one thing I appreciate about you. I should add that. Um, I'm never the, I'm, no, I was a good guy once. I'm almost always <laughs> the bad guy in the, in the, uh, true crime shows I've been in. So if you want to see me be a mur, uh, just a murderous, terrible person, you know, check out my MDB and go watch some of those episodes. Everybody who's your enemy just fantasizes about watching you get put, taken away in handcuffs. And this is, you know, this is for them. This is, this, this show is for them. Uh, one of the, one of the, like the better characters I played was just like an inept cop. And I'm like, eh, it's, at least it's not, at least I'm not killing someone this time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, anyway, yes. Well, thank you uh, for joining us today. We are discussing whether true crime podcasts and shows are bad for you. But first, Nathan, if people enjoy our show and want to engage with more of our content and meet fellow overthinkers like themselves, where can they go? They can go to the overthinkerjournal.world. Yes, world. Was- you know why it's dot world now. Go to the overthinker. The com wasn't big enough for us to so go to the <laughs> overthinkerjournal dot world. We'll move to universe maybe in another 10 years. Yeah, Our world um, where you can find out more about your hosts. And it's there that you can send us all of your love and hate mail. We do like both. We just like attention. Um, you can also uh, go to our online private group on Facebook called the overthinkers where we have over 15,000 overthinkers just like yourselves getting to great discussion and posting lots of very intellectual memes and talking about the things of really fun, interesting subjects we talk about here. So we want you among our ranks. Head over there. Uh, if you do like the podcast, please consider leaving us the review. It really does help us so very much. And if you don't like it, then just, you know, why waste your time and just just move on and do something else? Go on, get other podcasts you might enjoy yes <laughs> okay all right well yeah very very exciting we always we always go back during the october time of year we always return to the true crime world so i'm i'm excited to talk about this crime a little darker this yeah. is a month we notice that a few of you will just you know pick up in november because you're just not in, into the scarier ones so <laughs> but for all the people who are interested in the darker sides of human the human psyche and mind this is for you so yes so yeah all right ready to get started Family friendly, of course. Yes, of course. Yeah. You ready to get started? (laughs) Awesome. So, as you probably know, true crime is one of the most popular genres in America today. According to U.gov, half of Americans say that they enjoy true crime, including 13% who say it's their favorite genre. 
Many of the most popular podcasts are true crime, from Serial to My Favorite Murder to Crime Junkie. Many of the most watched Netflix movies and shows are true crime, from Making a Murder to True Crime Story and Dahmer Monster, the Je Jeffrey Dahmer story, which still has to be one of my favorite bad titles ever conceived by man. Um, and then, of course, as we mentioned before, there's the entire TV channels dedicated to true crime, like the ID channel, which now I want people to like to go eagle eye and, and find all of the places where Nathan is on there. Um, Eager's bucks. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Which is totally uh, refundable for something that we haven't figured out yet. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Um, <clears throat> but yes, anyway. Uh, where was I? Oh, there it is. That said, as with most things popular, some people are concerned about this popularity. According to the New York Times piece, Is Our True Crime Obsession Doing More Harm Than Good? Writer and stabbing survivor Emma Burquist argued that true crime makes people paranoid about crime and violence in an era that violence has actually been going down. And many people think that they have all the facts to solve crimes better than the police, which leads to online harassment and sometimes potential vigilantism. Likewise, psychologist Dr. Shivana Childs, writing for Cleveland Clinic, warns that too much of true crime consumption can increase paranoia. And Dr. Thema Bryan, writing for Mirror, argues that gaining pleasure from watching the awful happenings of true crime is actually a red flag of somebody who gains comfort from traumatic experience and should seek counseling. So all of you fans of true crime need to seek counseling. However, <clears throat> defenders of true crime, including Dr. Childs herself, point out that positive factors also drive much of the interest in true crime, such as curiosity and empathy, to understand better situations and people that we might find scary. Women are both most likely to be both consumers of true crime and victims of crime, violent crime. And so their interest in true, true crime makes sense. It helps them understand and avoid falling prey to it. Makes sense. So, Nathan, do you think fears around the harms of true crime are overblown or legitimate? And how do you think someone can have the best chance of having a positive relationship with the true crime genre, regardless? Well, you know, I don't want to come down on like either side um, in, in one way strongly quite yet. Anyway, I think that with almost anything, true crime or or I mean, goodness gracious, anything that it can be taken to an unhealthy extent. Right. right. And then there are healthy ramifications from engaging with it to a to a negative degree. Like, you know, I love video games. I think video games are a really positive force in the world and can do a lot of good. But we also know that there's video game addiction, that video games can drift into places that uh, that, that are dark and macabre and, and things we ought not um, engage with. So I'm not going to give the answer of this is good or this is bad. And I feel like most people, if you talk to them, kind of have that answer. You should not be listening to those podcasts. You should not watch those documentaries, whatever it might be. Um, but they're they're going to say was well, it, it or they're going to say you absolutely should it's so interesting all this kind of thing so there's kind of two sides to this and I'm kind of right in the middle I do think there are I know I I think there are so I'll talk about what I kind of see as um, the the benefits and drawbacks of mm. engaging crime but before I get to that and we'll both talk about that I want to talk about why we're we're interested in at all and we and yeah. we've done a podcast um, it's interesting the word true crime. Um, as opposed to what fake crime and I get <laughs> fake crime into like fictionalized crime, like where we, we watch mysteries. And interestingly enough, I know a lot of people who have a real um, antagonism towards true crime, but are very interested in murder mysteries. Mm. And so they, they, they like fake crime, but they don't like true crime. And I think there's actually a lot of overlap in the two loves. Now, 
maybe both communities might say, no, there's no overlap. We're totally different. But I do think there's some overlap here into why people like watching fake or true crime. I think the overlap is, we've talked about this in other episodes about the, you know, why do we like murder mysteries kind of thing. I think there is a certain amount of um, curiosity. That's one. Like what is uh, that, that draws us in, you know, what's going on, what's going to happen. But I think even more than that, I think it's interesting for the, for the human to view the, the depths of darkness that a human or even themselves have the ability have the ability and possibility of falling into almost as a a warning so i think a lot of people when they watch um you know there there are some people out there who are uh, and i don't condone this practice at all but they watch really terrible uh happenings on on youtube like you know um, dash cam kind of things and really really awful things but i think some of the psychology there is that they are almost comforting themselves so that they haven't been there and then they can kind of uh inform their brain on what to do to avoid it yeah. uh, could this terrible thing happening what do they do wrong and i'm going to inform my brain on how to never get in, into a situation like this and i think the same thing kind of happens with either true or fake crime i think that people are interested in the depths um, uh, of darkness that someone could fall into. And that's what we see reflected in these true or fake crimes. Um, and then it's kind of what led that person to this place. You know, the most successful true crime documentaries aren't just the ones that detail the crime. It's the ones that typically um, uh, dissect and investigate the crime uh, perpetrator. Okay. So what made them commit this crime? What did they do? Why are they like this? Where did they grow up? What happened in their life? Uh, what are the choices that led to this terrible thing happening? And so I think there's something in the human brain that goes, I don't want to go there to the depths of, um, which is good, by the way. I think when yeah. people watch, they're not fantasizing about becoming the no. killer. I think um, a couple of things are happening. One is they're trying to find the way that they're not going to end up like that and comfort themselves that they're not going to be a killer. So they have that. And then the other one is how they're not going to end up the victim. Yeah. I, how can I protect myself from this happening? You know, what, what did this um, victim do wrong or, or were not wrong? I'm not victim blaming. Um, you know, where did they step wrong? What did they do? Who did they not yeah. call? Um, you know, what were the, the things that I can avoid? And so I think there is a natural human inclination to watch specifically with true crime. And I think for the lighter of heart, fake crime, uh, yep. but true crime is things that have actually happened to real people. And so I think there's an added element of, um, of kind of potency when you're watching this or engaging or reading or whatever it might be that you're going, okay, how I want to assure myself that I'm not that bad and I'm never going to be that bad mm -hmm. by making sure I understand what kind of person this is and making sure I'm not that kind of person. And I also need to understand, and this is probably happens more for women who are more often, as you pointed out, victims of crime, of violent crime. Um, I need to figure out how to make sure this doesn't happen to me and what are the steps I can take to protect myself. Now, that being said, um, I think those are really core as to why people watch these things. Um, that would be my guess. And I'm interested to hear yours um, but as far as whether it's good for you or not, that's something we can get into, yeah. but this is why I think people engage with this. And I want to hear kind of to begin with, why do you think people are so drawn to true crime? Yeah. I like, I like starting out this way. This is really good. I think that, um, and I think that you're, you're pretty on the money. I think that the, my experience of like talking to people who are fans of true crime and, you know, the, the little bit of research that I've done, you know, into the science people liking true crime affirms that, you know, you want to, you know, understand, you know, how to avoid uh, this kind of thing happening to you. And you want to understand why a person would do something like this. And, you know, I, I, 
uh, people often who are not into true crime or horror or things like that, they say, why would you want to create fear for yourself? Um, and, and the, you know, obvious response, like we had this conversation just, just, uh, before we got on, you know, uh, GK Chesterton said, like, you don't need to tell children that dragons exist. You need to tell children that dragons can be beaten. And, you know, you, you say like, why it's like, you know, for most people who are fans of true crime, it's not introducing them to fear. Like they're already afraid. They already have an anxiety about the dangers that exist in the world. And so watching true crime is actually a comfort because it tells them it narrows the scope of fear and says okay you need to be afraid in these circumstances and not these because again if the fear is just generalized anxiety it's worse it's like i don't know what to be afraid of what not to be afraid of but in true crime actually narrows it and says this is what you need to be afraid of this is what how to shape your intuition so that you can kind of like know if something's wrong. This is the type of person to be afraid of. This is the type of situation to be afraid. And that actually narrows it so you don't feel afraid of the other things. You And and that isn't actually a comfort. And again, you talk about the the true crime versus fake crime. And, you know, there there is a, some people talk who are fans of fake crime. They actually like the ritual of seeing evil discovered and punished because people, you know, it's, again, we see evil happen all the time and it doesn't get, um, you know, it doesn't get, uh, justice isn't done. And of course we can talk about in, in fictional stories that are reminders of how justice actually is done and ultimately will be done. But true crime has the, you know, and has the advantage of being able to say, you know, it, this is not just a story we're making up. This is a story where actually justice was done or was not done. And therefore you can see what the reasons why it was not done and be able to protect you about your, it, it, yourself in the future. Um, and, and what's interesting about it, of course, again, like I, I think it's fascinating how, you know, and this is of course generalities as these things always are, but again, women tend to be bigger fans of true crime and men tend to be bigger fans of horror. You know, it's like, it's a 60, 70 split. It's like, it's not like huge, but it's like, and, and the thing is true crime. And again, I've asked my female friends, like, why do you not like horror? And you do like true crime? It's like, it's like, I don't understand this. But one of the things true crime does is it does put you at a distance from things. There's a narrator between you and the events happening. There's, you know, all of this. It's making sense of things. Exactly. It's not putting you in the place of fear. It is dissecting and almost from a distance, like an autopsy. And so I think that's, and so it's a, it's a, a, a way of helping you to understand and pack your fear without having to re-simulate the fear itself. So I think those are a lot of the pieces for why it's totally understandable. And again, that's, again, I've, I'm not like a, a big fan of true crime. I don't dislike it, but I don't super like it, but I always come from, like we talked through the pop culture episode. I always come from the bias that if like half of the country says they're fans of true crime, like probably it is tapping into a real need that people have and it's probably um you know tapping into something positive even if it's you know you might say on balance it's more negative than positive you know it's still tapping to something positive that's worth understanding that way but yeah so like let's we what would you say nathan now breaking down okay what do you see these are some of the reasons why people might be into it what would you say breakdown are the positive not just understandable but positive elements of it and then maybe the potential negative elements of it yeah and i 
you know, it's interesting. I was literally thinking, and then you said it, which I'm, means we're of one accord. We got yeah, this. We're both correct. That's what I mean. <laughs> really, my, one of the big positives to me is um, there's this kind of intrinsic, if you believe in the soul, this intrinsic desire for order and justice in the world. And whether whether you uh, are religious or not, you see that everyone in the world desires this. I mean, all of society desires. Uh, we, we march in the streets for justice, right? We yeah. want justice um, to be done. And when it's not done, there's an uncomfortable, unrealized feeling um, that the world is not as it should be. And so I do think you're totally correct in that one of the big positives, as it gives us that, that catharsis, that justice is still done in the world, not just in a fake world of a murder mystery. That's nice. And that encourages us. But in the real world, that there are people, there are police, there are whoever it might be who will do the work to make sure that justice is served. And I think that's a that's a positive thing. I think that's a good feeling to go about looking for that. you It's someone who actually believes in the good of the world in spite of evil because that's what true crime is you're watching something evil take place and then you're watching the people who go and put the world back together yeah and so i think actually a good instinct to want to see to, to face the evil and but then actually have the catharsis be when the world is put back together when when justice is served and, no, and nothing will ever be put back together in the right way obviously if someone is is lost um that can never be uh that can never be um and made whole in the way that it was, but there is something to justice. You know, a lot of the victim, the families of victims, they say they just want justice served because in their world, something isn't right. Something terrible has happened and they need for, for them to move on and heal. Justice needs to be served. As long as there is a single slice of justice on the deli tray that is goodness, our sandwich of righteousness will always be a low fat and delicious victory. And that's what's happening in almost all of these episodes is and you all it almost invites you to take part in that to yeah. try to figure it out even the ones that don't have that ending um where the the killer is caught and you know they're still out there it invites you to take part in that pursuit of justice yeah. you used putting the clues together in your head what could this be because you have that natural inclination to see justice served to uh make the world right again so i think that's a really good inclination in humans and it's one that tells me that humans still want the world to be a good place that they still believe the world to be a good place because they're still finding catharsis and justice being served and so i think that's a really um beneficial thing that i would say that i've noticed in people who um who take part in this kind of entertainment um an another one obviously is learning how to protect yourself yeah. learning be scared what situations to be scared of um i think that's a good thing i think it's okay to inform yourself uh, particularly what you notice a lot because they dive into typically um as much as they are able into the mind of the uh mm -hmm. the perpetrator and it, it, it's what it's doing is this kind of thing that that's informing your mind of who do i need to be careful for yeah um because you know there's a lot of people who've been taken advantage of or hurt maybe not even murdered you know on true crime sure episode but what that does is, but I trusted this person and they behaved badly. And so they're going to these to inform what kind of person do I need to look out for? What are the, the quote, uh, as the kids are saying now, what are the red flags yeah. I need to be? And I think that um, watching true crime in some way, shape or form can actually inform us about the red flags and maybe even help us see past our biases. You know, yeah. if, if they're handsome, it'll say, actually, this killer was incredibly yeah. handsome and she didn't think about because he came off so normal and charming. And yeah. it's like, do I need to not be so quite so trusting to people who come off a certain yeah. way, you know, whatever it might be, but I think it informs people how to be safer and more wise in the world in which they live. And it tells them that there is evil out there and here are the ways that you might be able to um, hopefully be able to avoid it. Here, here are a few ways that you can start identifying situations mm -hmm. and people 
um, who you shouldn't give your trust to. So I think that's a positive element. Um, I also think it's a positive element to start, and believe it or not, this sounds interesting, that might be interesting, might be more for the guys out there, but when you watch these things and you learn about the the backstory of mm. the killer and you learn about some of their behaviors, that might be a good time to reflect. Do I do something kind of like that? Am I someone who flies off the handle? Am I someone who go who immediately heads towards violence when there's conflict? Am I someone who is um, who lies about who I am or, or whatever it might be? Um, but I think it's good for self-reflection as well. I think it's good to look and say, that was a person just like me who did something terrible. Um, what was their behavior in the circumstance that led up to that? that I can look in my own life and have a little self-reflection, not to say that you're going to go murder someone, but what I'm saying is that even that you can start saying, I don't want to be the kind of person who would murder someone. Yep. I, I don't want my behavior to have any kind of likeness to the behavior of the villain in this show. So I think that's a good thing too. It causes self-reflection, especially when they dive into the, the psychology and behavior of the perpetrator. Um, as far as drawbacks, I think, like I said earlier in the episode, when there's too much of something, um, uh, it, it often can become um, uh, detrimental in your life. So I think while I said all the good things, there's a flip, flip side to each of those things. One is, um, you know, if, if you love justice and seeing justice served, there's another kind of person that might actually enjoy seeing the more and more and more macabre um, murders and killings and getting into it. And I think that's something to be really aware of as you're watching this stuff. Am I watching this because I want that catharsis of justice being served? And, and Or am I watching it because it's interesting to watch and it's entertaining to watch at the gruesome things that are happening mm -hmm. to people? And um, so where you could have an opportunity for empathy, you end up having, you kind of drift towards entertainment. And this is what we see in kind of the gladiator call. You know, we see really this, good. Uh, this effect happen. Um, and you look back in ancient Greece and Rome and they were murdering people and people would sit there and watch. Yeah. And one of the... and. It, this is just my theory, but one of the things is there's a certain comfort in watching terrible things happen to other people. There's a, a certain kind of twisted catharsis yep. where it's um, where and we all have this in like little ways. Right. You know, that sure. girl who annoys you um, at work um, when she, you know, gets found out for running around on her boyfriend or that yeah. that church um, gets rejected by, you know, for the position he was going at. Yep. Um, there's a little part of us that goes, oh, yes. yeah bad happen to someone else especially if we feel like they deserve it yeah but even if they don't deserve it even if it's just kind of this unearned yeah. something bad is someone who isn't me that's where we get that's where we got gladiators and this is a safer way to do gladiators because it's you know um it, we did we're, and, we're not participating in making it happen exactly but there still is there's something to kind of i i think reflect on am i enjoying this too much do i want to see worse things happen to other people and then, you know, the, the flip side, um, instead of watching justice be served and the flip side of becoming more um, aware of uh, 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 things that could go wrong in your life. Right. You know, uh, situations or people um, is becoming almost too aware to where you start fearing everyone and you start fearing everything and you live under fear. I do think that an overindulgence in this kind of entertainment can have a negative affect on your lifestyle. You can start. You can start questioning everywhere. You're, you're a bad person. You're a bad person. You're going to murder me. Uh, you can. It can almost uh, kind of encourage agoraphobia. I shouldn't go out. And um, this obviously doesn't happen to tons and tons of people, but I think it can exacerbate the people who already tend towards fear and already tend towards anxiety. I think it can um, heighten that and make you even more fearful of the world, of people. And I think that's something to definitely watch out 
for? Have you noticed that when you watch, are you becoming more suspect of people, more suspect of situations, more um, fear-oriented? And so I think that's a, a no, another negative side. Um, and then what was the last one that I did? Because there's an inverse of that as well. Yes. What was it? Uh, oh, what, what, what could happen? You could become like. Oh, yeah. And so I guess the last one, hopefully not many people are out there doing this, but it's basically how can I learn from this guy's mistakes to get away with my own murder? Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully there's not a this lot could- of people watching true crime for that but if there are if you are one of them and listening well, at, at the very least it might be don't murder people <laughs> i mean it'd be a fantasizing of i like i'm getting catharsis out of um somebody else getting away with that and enjoying that process and i get away with yeah, yeah and how yeah. can i yeah yeah so those be my reasons why i think it could be detrimental and to kind of inspect as you're watching <laughs> What's happening on the interior um, uh, front of your of your mind and heart? Yeah, no, those are those are really good. Um, for me, what um, the 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 difficulty for I think for the harm for me specific sort of true crime is that it is the true part because mm-hmm. you know as sort of like you know a film critic who like and talks about discussions around film, a lot of things that film critics get really annoyed about is the bias people have that documentaries are more true than fiction because there is a baseline assumption that people have that when you're watching a documentary, you're getting the truth or at least closer to the truth than you're getting in fiction. And, you know, we all have made the jokes about reality TV being in scare quotes, but the same is true about true crime. It's, you know, the true in some cases should be in scare quotes because at the very least, whoever is doing the true crime, whether it's the podcast or whether the docu- movie, documentary, say they at the very least, they are picking what stuff they're including and what stuff that they're leaving out. And people lower their filters of recognizing there is a filmmaker or a podcast host that is filtering all these things. And they accept that the person who's doing this is is like a friend who is giving them all the relevant information that they should have. And that may be true, you know, but it's not always. And, and people don't, um, people don't put that filter on or they have an automatic lower filter for that with true, with the true and true crime. Um, so that is like, yeah, no, I think that is the first thing is that you can't help yourself. There's an automatic lowering of that filter that what I'm seeing is that, and I guess that was one of the, you know, criticisms of something like making of a murderer is that even people who are like, I actually think that, you know, Steve Avery is innocent. We're like, okay, they basically gave 90% of their time to um, the people, to the side that believed he was innocent and didn't really give you the details on the other side that might lead people to think that was he was guilty. Like they really biased it in that favor and people watching it didn't realize that, you know? And so, and so, and so- It can- that by engaging in these things where you're just trusting that the filmmakers are giving you all the facts that it could actually be leading you to untrue conclusions about particular events and maybe even life itself. Right. You, and especially when there's no accountability for, you know, a law that says you have to be truthful in this, that it can actually influence people to believe wrong things about uh, reality. That That's right. really yeah, I mean, again, like one of the, I mean, one of the things that people point out is that most of the people, the victims and perpetrators in uh, true crime stuff are are white. And the thing is, we know that 
you know, most victims and most victims are are people of color, you know, for example. And so it's kind of like it's like there's a distortion of the world that happens in that way that we don't even know is happening. The other aspect of this distortion, of course, is, as pointed out in the intro, you know, it may lead you to believe that the world is more dangerous than it actually is. And that's sort of your point about becoming too fearful, even if you don't become like super agoraphobic, like you said. It, you know, you ask people today if they think the world is getting worse or better or if violence is going up or down. Most people think it's going up, but it's not. Again, because true crime is a genre and they're always having to find new stuff to do, they're going to present all of that stuff to you for you to see. So you're aware of all the bad stuff that's happening, but you don't realize what a small percentage of life it actually is and the fact that it's going down. And so, you know, so that's an automatic distortion. So your view of the world as a dangerous place where most of the people that you walk down the street are probably, you know, serial killers when they're probably not, you know, that is going to distort your view of the world kind of automatically. And there's like, you know, like you said, like, you know, one of you sort of alluded to this, but like, there's, there's jokes that certain standup comedians have done kind of about like, you know, how, oh, well, to say about even sort of justifying certain behaviors. Like, so like there's some, some, uh, what you call it, uh, like some standard comedians who are like, you know, they, they'll watch true crime with their wife and then, you know, where, and then the wife will, you know, when the husband gets killed, the wife will look over him and say like, well, that's, he deserved that. And it's like, you know, you, and it's like, you know, so like there's a kind of distortion that can happen to you um, by, by engaging in this in that way. So that's, I think, a negative aspect to it. I think also, of course, the fact that it gives you information, makes you think that you have all the information at the ready can make you believe that these things are clear when they're not necessarily clear and that you need to get involved in this, that you actually are empowered because you have the information that you're empowered to, you know, harass people online or reply or to, to get involved in uh, like a political protest movement. And that's not necessarily again, bad to do that, but people think that they are informed to do that by listening to the podcast or watching the documentary, not by doing other research on it and and doing things like that. So those I think are, are kind of like where where I see the unique problems um of true crime um uh, uh being being problematic. But so so what would you say okay go ahead yeah I just I just want to say real quick we have to remember that this is entertainment. These are marketed yes yes oh this is this- the and in a world in which there's, you know, uh, competing shows for your attention, they're going to do the thing that's most dramatic and entertaining. Yeah. But the thing that's most entertaining is not often um, the most true. Yeah. You know, most situations in the world are very nuanced. Of course, they're occasionally um, yeah. just straight up black and white moments. But um, very often there's a lot of nuance and nuance is not it's not a highly entertaining thing. Right. And um, it doesn't lend itself to being inside of these documentaries and true crime podcasts episodes or or tv episodes yes they lend entertaining which kind of goes to your point about um it 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 furthers our belief that the world is a simple place not yes, just yes, a yes. place but you are equipped and everything is simple it's black or white rather than the uncomfortable real realization that most things in life are this weird nuanced mess of right and wrong good and bad and um, that you're not going to find that here. So yes. remember, this is entertainment and they're competing for your attention with the most um, dramatic thing, the most entertaining thing. Yes. They can- and I'll say, I'll say one more thing before we launch back to you, that is that um, the science behind how much you think about something 
to actually protect yourself before you get diminishing returns is that there you actually um it actually takes very little thinking through of something um before thinking through it more doesn't actually help you to make better decisions so then, you know you can probably watch you know several hours of true crime and basically get all the protection that it will help you in terms of understanding the criminal understanding what to do to protect yourself and stuff like that and so people who are getting the catharsis after like you know if they're you know if if you've spent two years you know listening to you know my favorite murder and i'm not picking on my favorite murder is anything he's like but it's like if you and you're still listening to it thinking i need to listen to it more in order to better protect myself it's not going to after a certain point you know you've learned all that you can learn and to a certain degree doing it over and over again trying to seek is is in like you know it is actually just causing you to spin your wheels and again it becomes just entertainment at that point are you not entertained are you not entertained yeah and so to wrap this up what i yes. would say is there are good there are bad here uh but what we do here is overthink be reflective overthink how it's having an effect on you are you finding catharsis in the justice parts or are you um living more in fear now you know just do a little self-reflection and um and also mix some other things into it if you were a person I, I know a lot of people who get really hung up on one kind of thing one of the things if you've noticed just look at the list of our episodes we cover a lot of topics because we like to dive into a lot of things uh, diversifying your portfolio of interests and this might be one of them that's that's great yeah. If you were getting those, those um, the, the positive elements that we talked about earlier, that's a good thing to keep in your life and to, and to pursue. But diversify your portfolio of interests um, because probably obsessing, reading, watching, listening just to about grisly murders, even if there's good in doing that occasionally, is not going to be good for your soul. So just investigate how you're interacting with this medium, why you're interacting, and what it's doing to you. Um, and, and again, like we said, there's probably some, there are assuredly some good things, but there's also some bad things. So just be more aware as you engage with this, but that would be my yeah. kind of like take and, and, um, and charge to the people who do love this. Hey, loving it's great. Get the good, get the good out of it, but be aware of the bad. Yeah, that's great. Yes. Again, you know, diversify your interests and self-awareness. Always a good thing. Yeah. This goes for everything. Again, like, you know, we have our particular genres that we love. But, you know, uh, like, again, I love I love watching Marvel movies, but I watch a lot of other movies as well, because you got to make sure you're being a full rounded person. So, yeah, I think that's that's good. And, you know, I go that's uh, yeah, I think that that's good. I think we're good on that. Not one thing has too much influence over yes. your mind. Yeah, except sure. Jesus. Except Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But you see, the Bible is a multi genre book. When you could watch The Chosen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Thank me later for that one. Um, yes. Uh, love you, Dallas Jenkins. Uh, anyway. Um, yes. Okay, cool. So well, let's move on to our blesses and curses segment of the week where we take a work of art, media, or resource and recommend it, i.e. bless it, or uh, diss it, i.e. curse it. Um, so Nathan, uh, we, we know we, we definitely struggled with this because again, like we, we don't throughout the year, uh, watch and listen to as much true crime as other people do. So we had a little, little struggle with this, but, uh, uh not repeat ourselves from last year, but, uh, Nathan, what, uh, what, what are your lessons and or curses? 
I'm just going to bless first. I have a few blesses. Um, all of the episodes of all of the true crime shows I was in, not the <laughs> total shows, not even the other episodes, just the ones I was cast in. So cinematic masterpieces. And I gave performance of a lifetime, still waiting for my Emmy. Um, <laughs> bless those. Um, uh, I'm also going to bless, I've blessed this a million times. I'm just going to do a quick bless. Uh, Mindhunter, uh, this mm, is yeah. Uh, a how do I say it? A fictionalized yeah. account of true crime of yeah. some of the most murders, mass murders, and it does it in a way that doesn't glorify evil, but it tries to understand it. Yep. It does it in a really intellectual and interesting way. I really enjoyed that show, especially from a psychological standpoint, um, and and also just um, aesthetic and, and acting, yeah. really, really great. David um, Fincher at the top of his game. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'll bless another Fincher real quick. I think the Zodiac does the same thing, but a movie form. Um, I think it's really interesting. And um, it's not a super like uh, uh, entertaining watch. It, it's definitely a sit back and think watch. Um, but it's a, it, I think he does it well. And he treats evil as what it should be considered evil. Yes. Uh, no, so, you're right. It, it doesn't glorify evil. It glorifies empathy and understanding. Yes. And the 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 reach for justice, which, yeah. which I so um, I'm also going to bless this is a little more on topic. Um, my favorite murders. And I'm sorry. Only murders in the building. Not my. Oh, favorite. yes. Yeah. Murders in the building. Um, my wife and I love the show. Uh, we've loved it for all the seasons. Some are better. Some are worse. But they're all good. That, you know, aside from just watching Martin Short and Steve Martin um, with with uh, a young girl, Selena Gomez, um, solving murders together, which is just thoroughly enjoyable, obviously. Yeah. Um, it's just I, I think it, it, it hits on every. Um, uh, on every cylinder for me, it's fun. It's entertaining. It's also thoughtful and reflective. Um, and it's literally about uh, these few people who live in a building where a murder takes place, and every season is a new murder. And they have a po a true crime podcast together. Mm -hmm. But again, what I love about this is that what it goes to the heart of is understanding the human and trying to find justice. They, they're not doing it just for the yucks and entertainment. They yeah. actually shows the characters really desire for the world to be made right and to really understand um, people and why they act the way they do. So it's just really entertaining and has also had some depth. And um, yeah, I just, I just really enjoy um, that show. So I got to give it a bless. As far as curse, this was a rough one for me. I can't think of something uh, that I hated enough. Usually if I don't like it, I just will turn it off. So I feel like to curse things like wouldn't even be fair. And I've done it before, but I haven't really... <laughs> watch them or engaged with um so i'm gonna i'm gonna do a um uh, a a big curse here i'm gonna curse crime crime is <laughs> you heard it here first and, uh and i will and i know it's controversial but i'm gonna stand by it crime and violence are bad and i'm cursing crime violence and murder i'm gonna curse you <laughs> murder's bad everybody that's my curse too crime violence and murder bad I things I mean, you know, this is the internet. There will be people who disagree with you or <laughs> so, and you know, we'll get somebody in the comments being like, whoa, what about civil disobedience? And it's like, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but yes, no. So, well, let's, I, I look forward to all the hot takes. Um, uh, cool. Yes. So um, I'm going to bless um, a documentary that I just watched um, called The Hatchet Wielding Hitchlight Hiker, which if people weren't aware of this, you know, this happened kind of recently, you know, like the last, you know, 10 years and such um, about, you know, a viral video of 
somebody, um, you know, a, a horrible uh, tragedy, somebody uh, running their, ramming their car into somebody uh, to kill them and then, you know, attacking people who are trying to help him in because the, they thought it was a crash. Um, but then the hitchhiker who was that, that person who did, committed that crime picked up, he had a hatchet and he attacked the person who had, you know, was hurting a person with a hatchet in order to save them. And he became an overnight sensation hero before it turned out that maybe he had killed somebody, you know? And so he became this. And so, and so the documentary really dives into, you know, how we in the modern age create celebrities, even without knowing a lot about them. And then um, investigating further people and then finding out there are dark sides and stuff like that. So I think, again, it's a pretty solid kind of like exploration of, not only true crime, but then also how we interact with true crime. And again, it's like it's like a, a 90 minute movie. It's not super long. And and there's a lot of people like trying to understand and sympathize with this person who did, you know, clearly had a very hard life. And again, he's a you know homeless or as he called it, home free uh, person who um and but yeah, there's a lot of empathy going around, a lot of trying to understand. And I think again, if you if you're interested in this, you haven't watched it yet in this genre, I think this is definitely one to to watch. Um, I don't know if I've blessed this before, but you know, the the um uh American crime story OJ Simpson trial, again, I think a brilliant um uh you know exploration of that trial and what it meant for America in terms of reckoning with, you know, race and class and kind of those things, all those conversations that were happening at the time and empathizing with everybody, helping people understand where everybody was coming from. I think it's really, really, I think it's excellent. It's one of the best, you know, series as I've seen, like a fictionalized true crime that I've seen on those, those scales. Um, I'm going to curse one super easy. Nobody's going to be really mad at me for this. I'm going to curse the, um, movie netflix uh movie movie at least it's on netflix i just checked american boogie woman uh, i watched that back during in my days when i was working in the healthcare uh industry and we had the tv on uh just you know kind of like to entertain the uh, entertain people and it was just kind of on in the background and it's it's one of those things where it's like they're they're taking this true crime it's about um the woman who is also the subject of the movie monster by patty jenkins and charlie's their own uh this kind of a woman who, who killed a bunch of people and uh and it's really just cheap sensationalism, what they do with it. Like they're taking stuff that, you know, is all true crime is, like you said, kind of entertainment. But there's a way of being respectful toward Imago Dei and be having entertainment around positive, um, you know, a, a positive instincts rather than just kind of cheap exploitation. And this was very cheap exploitation. I thought it was very distasteful. Um, so that's, yeah, I'm going to curse that. And anything that, that's, uh, that does that kind of uh, cheap exploitation of something I think is... Uh, of real people, I think is bad, and that's my controversial take. I um, still like curse better. Murder, crime, violence. You should really curse those, Joseph, because if you don't curse it with me, people are going to assume that you are. Huge. I am in favor of crime and murder because that's how we know the internet works. It's true. It's true. Um, we've heard it here first, folks. Uh, Joseph is in favor of crime and murder, um, and take it out of context and use it any time I decide to run for president. Then the press will distort everything you say. So jump in your plane and fly away. Uh, but, uh, by the way, cool. Well, this is this was a lot of fun. Uh, had a lot of fun with this uh, this episode. Thank you, everyone, so much for joining us. And hope our thought you found our thoughts helpful rather than hurtful. Uh, Nathan, if people um want to get in touch with you and uh, uh, see more of your stuff uh, besides the stuff that's on the ID channel, uh, where can they go? 
Well, I mean, my stuff in the ID channel is pretty much fully encompassing my life. <laughs> and my- um, so aside from that, I guess you could go to Nathan, uh, Nathan Clarkson.me or search my name on any of the socials. But aside, you know, that that is my life's work. So go to the ID channel, watch my episodes and you'll know who I am. <laughs> yes. Yes. The the incompetent cop and the all the, the crime, the crime person that all doing all the crimes. Uh, then, um, yes. OK, yes. Of course, if you want to uh, engage, uh, send us your love and hate mail, you can go to the overthinkers journal dot world and you can go to uh, and you can also go to the Facebook group if you want to discuss uh, ideas like this and give your thoughts on true crime. Uh, you can also, if you want to find me, go to Joseph dot com. Um, I'm not quite big enough to have a world yet. Um, and, uh, then, uh, you can also find me on any of the socials as well. And also find my film criticism work at religionunplugged.com. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. Mm-hmm.